When I was graduating college, I, I read a brand new book that architects I knew were just raving about called A Pattern Language. The book was by an Englishman named Christopher Alexander, and he urged architects and city planners to think about the work they did in a more emotional and even spiritual way. But the book also had a very surprising influence on another group of experts, the computer scientists who were beginning to shape the Internet. As part of our series on science and creativity, Studio 360's Lou Olkowski looks at what Christopher Alexander has wrought. Okay, so Bauman, where are we? A few paces away from the Cooper Union for the advancement of science and art. My friend John Bauman studied art here at Cooper Union, and we've come to the library to look at a book. Apparently, it's so big or important that they won't let it out. It's by the architect, Christopher Alexander, and it's called A Pattern Language. Oh, right, right, right. It's not a big book. It's a cute little book. The book is cute. Even though it's over 1,100 pages, it miraculously fits in your hands as easily as a paperback. And actually, that makes perfect sense. Christopher Alexander is all about making things comfortable and easy to use. Still, the book is unusual. First of all, it's not a typical book. It's a, it's a, it's a list of things that are organized in kind of increasing complexity. Later on, the book becomes a real book. But the beginning of the book, it's like, whoa, what is this? Lace of country streets. Subculture boundary, identifiable neighborhood, ring roads, climbing plants, degrees of publicness, network of learning, old people everywhere. I mean, this is not architecture. My interest is in making the earth a beautiful and harmonious place and to prevent the situation that has been going on probably for about the last half century where everything is becoming more and more ugly. It's a devastating thing. When I speak with Christopher Alexander, he's at his home in the English countryside, sitting in a cozy chair. I'm going to have a sip of tea. Mm, lovely. Looking out on the meadow where the sheep graze. The sheep are not there today. Chris thinks ordinary people could design better homes in neighborhoods than professional architects. If only they had the knowledge to do it. So his first step was to methodically study buildings and cities throughout the ages to identify recurring patterns, things that just worked again and again. But very simple things, not pretentious things, real small stuff, like there's some place to put a package down when you come to the door. So this is not a great intellectual feat, but I wrote it down because people in architecture weren't doing things like that. And most of these patterns in the pattern language were about human feeling, because after all, the point of the patterns was to make the buildings work so that people would feel really good. Canvas roofs, climbing plants, paving with cracks between the stones, which is eh, pretty hippy-dippy. But, you know, that's the great thing about Alexander, too, that it's so hippy-dippy. I'd like to live in a place that had you know, communal gardens and old people living with young people. I think there's even stuff like that in here. There are old people everywhere. <laughs> that to me. Old people need old people, but they also need the young, and young people need contact with the old. A New York Times article compares Alexander to a Zen master. My friend Bauman says... He's like Yoda. Really? I think he's like Yoda. 
Mm. A natural tendency there is for old people to gather together. Mm. No chance they have to benefit of older company. Mm. Treated like outsiders they are. <laughs> Alexander's ideas never really took off in mainstream architecture, so the people who think Chris Alexander is like Yoda are mainly computer programmers. And in the 1980s, they were building a world too. A different world. A virtual world. It's hard to understand what computers were like back then, but they weren't any fun. That's Ward Cunningham. He invented Wiki, the code that enables Wikipedia. There was no color. There were no pictures. There was no... uh, uh, interaction of substance. There was no, uh, there was no sound. And we knew, we knew that the computer was changing. We knew that they weren't going to be in classrooms much longer. That there would be a computer in every desk and every home, maybe multiple, and that uh, people would do things for themselves on it, not things that they had to do. So Ward and some others set off on a mission to take Chris Alexander's ideas about patterns and make computers that would feel good to use. We've been looking for a way to describe how to write programs that embraced the user, that uh, where the user felt that they were supported by the computer program instead of uh, interrogated by the computer program. Among programmers, it was called the patterns movement. Alexander believed that people built well in the past and had kind of lost the ability to make great cities. We didn't think people had ever made great computer programs, and so we wanted to harvest those patterns. Ralph Johnson co-wrote a book called Design Patterns. It became the Bible of the movement. The pattern is that things repeat. That's what a pattern means. But then we say, why do they repeat? Well, the reason why this this solution repeats is because there's a problem that repeats. At the core of these programmers' philosophy is something called QAN, Q-W-A-N. It stands for Quality Without a Name. What Christopher Alexander meant by that is it's the quality that things have that sort of make you feel like they're alive. Yeah. Can, can you describe for me this idea of QAN? What, what is QAN? QAN. Do you know this QAN? Never heard of it. What is it? A type of a type of of cookie? <laughs> Quan, quality without a name. Oh, <laughs> I've never heard it called that before. They're a wacky bunch, but of course, the quality without a name is something that I wrote about a great deal. The quality without a name is 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 a situation where somehow the essence of life is present. Life creates it, makes it grow. It's intangible. It's energy. Surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. The tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes. And so how does that apply to computer programming? Give you nothing that I say. Well, what one would hope is that pieces of software make each person that encounters that software more of a person. We're all of us capable of doing harm to other people by 
simply um, treating them or our transactions as something machine-like. That danger is right there at the core of it, and yet, the, and yet this, this very uh, computer phenomenon also has the capacity to go to a, to a much, much richer place that actually makes a person, man, woman, child, more humane and, and more caring. Alexander's goals for computer science and architecture may sound mystical, but they grow from his sense of pragmatism. He honestly wants to make the world more beautiful. It's not enough to create just one good building or neighborhood and then mass produce it. To really change the way the world looks and feels, every person needs to create harmony in his surroundings. That's one reason Alexander's relationship with the programming community has been so inspiring for him. They understand how to work on a global scale, and many of them have similar goals. We want to make the Earth better. We want to make it a better place. And all the computer scientists that you've been naming to me, they take that seriously. And it's funny because it's not something that you really associate with computer science. But but that is, I believe, what moves them, as it does me in, in, in the things that I do. Now Alexander's working with programmers at the University of York in England on something called the Cosmos Project. They're creating computer simulations of complex organic systems. In other words, simulations of things that just work in nature. His dream is to create a new kind of operating system. Imagine sitting down at a computer that was more than just a mechanical tool. Imagine a computer that could actually teach you how to make whatever you're designing more beautiful. Alexander admits that as of yet, programmers have no idea how to do it. For Studio 360, I'm Lou Olkowski. Please give any, any of my friends that you run into my very warm greetings. I'm sure they feel them like the force. 